In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Traditionally on this day, we shroud all the crosses and holy images inside the church. Our senses are deprived of the consolation to contemplate what we could call a foretaste of the glory of heaven, where Christ reigns with the saints. Today, all this beauty is somehow hidden from our eyes. But this veiling is an invitation for us poor sinners. An invitation for us to rise above the senses, to emerge from the visible realities of here below, in order to gaze at the invisible realities of heaven. We are invited to close the eyes of the body and open the eyes of the soul in order to contemplate a higher beauty. And this invitation to look for a higher beauty comes as we approach the passion of the Son of God. And it's not a coincidence. Concerning the passion of the Lord, we read in the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 53. He had neither beauty nor majesty, nothing to attract our eyes, no fairness to make us delight in him. With these words, the prophet Isaiah makes present to us the reality of the passion of our Lord. In his passion, indeed, the beauty of our dear Lord was eclipsed. It was eclipsed by his many wounds. By all the things Christ suffered, he became like a worm. As the prophet Isaiah says about him in another passage. So during the Passion, we will not be able to see the beauty of the humanity of Christ anymore. And that's why the church tells us today to look for a higher beauty. To look for a higher beauty in Christ Himself. In that Psalm 45, we read about Christ, that He was the most beautiful of the children of men. The most beautiful of the children of men. These words appear to contradict the words of the prophet Isaiah. Because how can he be the most beautiful of the children of men 
if at the same time he has no beauty. My brethren, this is not a contradiction, but here we are face to face with a mystery, which is the mystery of the beauty of Christ. So he had no beauty, but at the same time, he was the most beautiful of the children of men. But how can that be? In order to understand this mystery, we have to look for the true beauty of Christ, the one which remained even during his passion. In the same Psalm 45, it is written that the real beauty is to be found inside. This is the key. The real beauty of Christ is inside. So we have to look inside His humanity in order to find the secret of his beauty. And it is a secret, is his eternal divinity. He is God, and this is his beauty. Saint Augustine says, He is beautiful in heaven, beautiful on earth, beautiful in the womb, Beautiful in his parents' hands, beautiful in his miracles, beautiful under the scourge, beautiful when inviting to life, beautiful also when not regarding death, beautiful in laying down his life, beautiful in taking it again, beautiful on the cross, beautiful in the sepulchre, beautiful in heaven. He is beautiful, my brethren, and the most beautiful, because He is God. So we learn that real beauty is not exterior, but interior. It's not caused by cosmetics, but by the presence of God in the soul. And that's what we call grace. Real beauty is called grace. And in Christ we have what we call the grace of hypostatic union, where two natures, the divine and the human, were united in one single person. And this union is unique. And that's why he is the most beautiful of the children of men, because in him dwells the fullness of the divinity. But each one of us is called to participate in the beauty of our Lord. We are called to participate in his grace. 
Remember, the real beauty is to be found inside. So more we take care of our souls, more we try to grow in grace, more beautiful we become in the eyes of God. Look at the saints, how beautiful they are. Because there is nothing, nothing more beautiful than holiness of life. In Greek, the word kalos means beautiful, but it, it also means good. So we can see that real beauty has to do with goodness of life. To be truly beautiful means to be full of God. Because there is no other beauty than the grace of God in our souls. And no other ugliness than to be in a state of sin. As our Lord took Peter, James, and John apart in order to show them his glory at the transfiguration before they had to see his cross. In the same way, the church invites us today to contemplate the deep beauty of Christ, his eternal divinity, before we contemplate his sufferings and death on the cross. So we may know for sure that he didn't suffer and die by force, but out of love for us. If he gave his life, it was willingly in order to save mankind from eternal donation, in order to save you and me. So, my dear brethren, let us follow the Good Shepherd, the beautiful Shepherd of our souls, our Lord Jesus Christ, who came down from heaven in order to deliver us from the ugliness of sin and to lead us to the contemplation of His most beautiful face, in which shines the splendor and glory of his divinity. He is beautiful in heaven, beautiful on earth, beautiful in the womb, beautiful in his parents' hands, beautiful in his miracles, beautiful under the scourge, beautiful when inviting to life, beautiful also when not regarding death. Beautiful in laying down his life. Beautiful in taking it again. Beautiful on the cross. Beautiful in the sepulcher. Beautiful in heaven. So even hanging on the cross, even covered with wounds, our Lord Jesus Christ is beautiful and the most beautiful 
because he is God. So my brethren, let your gaze go beyond the veil, beyond the veil of his humanity, in order to contemplate, even during the Passion, the sublime beauty of the Son of God, which is his divinity. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, Amen.